Tate Chronicles now transmitting. Welcome to the Tate Chronicles on Healthcare Now Radio. And now, here's your host, Jim Tate. Good day, citizens of the free world from border to border, coast to coast, and to all the ships at sea. I bring you a warm welcome. This is your correspondent, Jim Tate, and thank you for tuning in to the Tate Chronicles. Join me as we cut through the fog that exists at the leading edge of healthcare technology. I've got a special guest today, Kyle's Jensen. Kyle's leads technology and innovation at Teladoc Health, which is a well-known global leader in the whole person virtual care space. Uh, Klaus brings 20 years of experience leading digital transformation at enterprise healthcare and technology organizations. Prior to his work at Teladoc Health, he served as chief digital and technology officer at the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. And prior to that, he was chief technology officer of CVS Health Aetna. Klaus, welcome to the Tate Chronicles. Thank you very much, Tate. Thanks for the invitation. Happy to be here. Yeah. Um, the COVID pandemic, that introduced virtual care really on a, on a wide scale. It's hard to imagine how quickly it was adopted. Both providers and patients were first forced to adopt virtual platforms to get healthcare. Uh, and so this really produced a significant boost to the adoption of virtual care and to me demonstrate how quickly this technology can be embraced when necessary. But kind of my first broad question to you is, how do you define whole person virtual care? Uh, it's a great question. Uh, the way we define whole person virtual care is actually what's in the label. Uh, it is a care model that takes care of the person, uh, not just a particular disease or a part uh, of the person's health care needs. If you think about healthcare, uh, it's well known that things like you know, primary care, uh, chronic condition management, uh, mental health needs. And, and you can add to that all the acute episodic where, you know, you, you get a fever, you, you mm-hmm. need someone to talk to. That's about 80% of healthcare. What we haven't been able to do prior in the healthcare system is tie those needs together and tie them together with the more specialized needs. If you think about it, uh, the current healthcare system is highly capable. Uh, it's also highly specialized. And there hasn't historically been a good model uh, and and the right people stepping up to remove some of the barriers and put the pieces back together better. And that will be our definition from a very practical perspective of whole person care. Meet the needs of the whole person and do it without them having to figure out how to make the pieces fit together. When we first uh, experienced the uh, for lack of a better word, explosion in virtual care, it was uh, episodic care. Nobody could go to the doctor for months and months uh, uh, during the initial stages of the pandemic. Um, And so uh, existing technology that Teladoc uh, had uh, was utilized by providers. Or uh, I know Teladoc also has a model in which uh, uh, patients uh, or beneficiaries or or relatives of patients uh, can, can log in and Teladoc has uh, providers who can address particular concerns, but, you know, that was kind of episodic. Had to do with I've got a sore throat or uh, I think my child has an ear infection, things like that. But to go beyond that into a more robust uh, remote patient monitoring uh, at at home environment 
is a big, big step. Um, how far along are we in that, in remote patient monitoring, and what's Teladoc doing in that area? So it's actually quite real uh, for some of the most common conditions. Um, if, if you take the whole cardiometabolic spectrum very specifically, um, you take diabetes, mm-hmm. uh, you take high blood pressure, uh, right. hypertension, uh, you take weight issues. Those are a big chunk uh, of what you would call chronic conditions. Uh, and, you know, Teladoc at this point in time have robust proven programs uh, that fusing clinical science and technology science allow us to take care of people that are suffering from those conditions uh, remotely. Uh, importantly, it's not just putting people on a digital program. I mean, I, look, there are, there are lots of companies out there that will tell you they have a digital this, digital that. And it'll mm-hmm. uh, what you really need is something that... It's just present in the environment around you right? that allows you to take care of yourself, but also gives you access to clinical resources when you need them. Uh, so all of our programs are tying together clinicians with digital programs, and in some cases, also with devices to make sure that you have a 360 whole person approach to how do you manage that condition. Uh, and and beyond that, we're making sure that the pieces fit together. Right? So, so when you talk to your coach, that's trying to help you manage your diabetes condition, those notes are getting integrated with what you discussed with your primary care physician. I think we, we believe that that integration is really important. It happens to also be very complicated because as we talked about, uh, all the pieces are in the standard model. Mm-hmm. To uh, achieve that seamless state you talked about, I'm just curious, let's talk about some of the details. So let's say there's a an, an individual who's diabetic and they have some device that maybe measures their hemoglobin A1C. And and that could be uh, automatically, electronically, um, uh, that data could be sent, sent somewhere. Where's that data being sent? What's the, the Teladoc approach to where that data is sent and, uh, you know, monitored or, or trends are detected? How does that work? It's a great question. Uh, the, the sort of the traditional, you have to put the, the data together from an electronic medical record perspective. Uh, and, and, and we do have, you know, EMR capabilities that cross-connect all the services. But, but I'll, I'll tell you and the listeners out there that that's not actually sufficient. Think about it. Because the EMR traditionally has been about the visit-based information. Um, but if you're living in a chronic condition, Mm-hmm. That's not everything. So let's take an example. Let, let's say that, and this actually happened. Uh, let's say that you are a you know young female. Uh, you're driving down the highway somewhere in the U.S. Uh, you've got two kids in the back of the car. Uh, you're in the part of the country where there aren't that many towns around, so it's a little bit deserted, uh, and you start feeling dizzy. Uh, she's newly diagnosed uh, with diabetes. Uh, if you are a physician, you will know that that means probably her blood sugar is low. She's still trying to align to how does that actually work. Uh, It so happens that she's on one of our programs. She pulled out her blood glucose meter and measures her blood glucose. It's low. Uh, She's confused. Uh, She's alone. This is potentially a dangerous situation. What happens is that that data point uh, gets sent to our back-end servers. It gets immediately vetted by our analytical algorithms. It gets flagged for a coach to look at and say, okay, we have a problem here. 
and we do an active outreach so that the coach calls this young woman, uh, guides her through, you know, finding a gas station, getting some food that has sugar in it. And look, it's a, it's a happy ending kind of story. But if you think about what it took to do that, right? we need to know who she is and that she's on our program. We need to know she has one of our devices. We need to know that when that device does a measurement, it's hers. It needs to be sent real time to someone, it needs to be flagged shown in front of the person and that person has to do the outreach and we connect the loop because everything that happened gets put into the quote unquote medical record. So the next time she has a conversation with her endocrinologist, they will know that that happened and we'll have the data point cross connected. That's not a small feat. Right? And that's what we mean when we say whole person care mm -hmm. uh, ambient in your life and the right components are there when you need them put together the right way. Was that a good example? Uh, that's a perfect example. Um, and so uh, uh, what would cause somebody to be uh, enrolled in that care uh, program or platform? Would it be through their employer or could an individual sign up for it or through an insurance company? Uh, we work with employers. Uh, mm -hmm. So some of our members get it through employers. Um, we do work with insurance companies as well. So some members have that uh, covered through their health insurance. Mm -hmm. we, do, we do support people that want to have a, a, a more direct, okay, this is not something I get through my employer, my health plan. You can certainly sign up yourself. It, it's really about making sure that wherever you get the access, uh, we give you the same service. Uh, so, so there's a payment model that depends on how you get the benefit. Sure. Uh, so the, the service you get is the same. Uh, and beyond that, we will also remember you as an individual. If you're a, a diabetic and you live with it for a lifetime, right? you may have three employers and four different health plans. Mm -hmm. You don't want to start over. Right? Right. You want to make sure that when you come in with a new employment, you know, employee ID or a new member ID as a member of a new health plan, we need to recognize you. Right? So, so there's data matching that happens to make sure we can say, we'll come back and, and reconnect you to the program that you had. That, that's part of the platform that we Wow, provide. sure. Well, um, I have some uh, uh, personal involvement with this. Um, I have health insurance through United Healthcare, and uh, I guess they have an agreement with uh, Teladoc because – Part of what I signed up is they sent me all the information, said, go here to Teladoc and sign up and create an account. And, you know, when you need care, here's here's how you do it. So, yeah, it was just part of my insurance plan that that they've done that. Uh, so, some of the things that you uh, mentioned, uh, you talk about uh, the example you gave, blood sugar levels coming in and get, then getting flagged and, and then um, actions taken. We certainly hear a lot about AI, artificial intelligence. How does that play a part in the analysis of all this data? And, and, and uh, another yeah. great question. Yeah. We use a spectrum of analytical capabilities. Now, people use the word AI these days to mean all uh -huh. smart analytical technology that uses data to come to some conclusion. It's actually a spectrum. Uh, it, it ranges from big data crunching to just understand the dynamics of a population. Uh, and that's how we continue to optimize our programs. Uh, all the way through to what you would call very individualized predictive slash AI type. You know, this is the best health action you can take. The, the thing around next best health action is it's very personal. Uh, and it's not always 100% what the science says, right? Because per personal preference matters. 
We all know what health science tells us we should do, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we always do it because there are other dynamics in our lives that make us, you know, make weighted, balanced decisions around what we will do from a health perspective versus what we will do from the perspective of other things that, that matter to us. So the reality is healthcare is super personal uh, and, and you need your analytical capabilities all the way from, you know, big number crunching all the way up through smart AI, and, and we use all of it. Uh, what you really need to do is to make sure that you give people the right insight to make good decisions, and, and you give people the right nudges at the right time in the right way, so that they make the right decisions at the right time. Well, that's, well, uh, go ahead. You no, know, I was going to say, you, you use the word nudges. It's like a, uh, what's a nudge? A nudge is a reminder, a suggestion, a, mm -hmm. hey, wouldn't it be great to do this at the right moment in time when you're motivated to actually make a change or a decision or, you know, go mm -hmm. out for a run, uh, you know, get on your weight scale. So nudges can be anything from remember to weigh in to remember to measure your blood sugar to, hey, did you do your exercise today? So these little little health things that are about your life. And, uh, and as I said, ranging from my reminders to suggestions. That, that's sure. what we call nudges. Sure. It's, it's really on the behavioral science part of the spectrum uh, where you have the human meet the analytical insight. It's great to have insight, but if it doesn't become humanized, it's not actually that valuable. Uh, you, you know, I, I know that the uh, Teldoc Health uh, recently has launched a uh, fully integrated uh, platform that enables members access primary care, chronic care, mental health care in a, in a single app. And so uh, uh, I, I'm just uh, fascinated by the aspect of uh, mental health. And so is this crisis driven or is this, uh, you know, uh, ongoing situational encounters with a therapist to help with, you know, how, how does How's the mental health done virtually? Uh, can is there any way to do the same? See the same provider? Uh, hundred percent, uh, oh. absolutely. Uh, and there has to be, right? Uh, because yeah. if, if if you think about mental health needs, and 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 there's a wide variety of them. Sure. Uh, so sometimes you are in a crisis condition. Yes, we have a crisis line, and that that's important. That's one of our offerings because sometimes you just need to talk to someone now. But but more importantly, to maintain your mental health, that's a relationship. It comes back to it's all about the human, right? It's about the person. It's, it's not about the clinical signs in that scenario. It is about the relationship you have with your therapist. Uh, so we absolutely make sure that mm. you know, if you like the relationship, you meet with the same therapist uh, every day. Interestingly, uh, yeah. mental health is a space where virtual interactions are particularly powerful. Here's why. Many of the people that suffer from mental health challenges are also the same people that have a really hard time going to a doctor's office. If you have anxiety, sure. if you suffer depression, you know, any of the most serious mental health issues, it's really hard on a regular basis, say every week to go outside your home, just to go to an office, take a long time out of a day that feels pressured already to get your mental health needs taken care of. And you can have the same kind of relationship and have and build trust, but using a different channel. It's a very powerful way of addressing what I would call an un unmet need, right? So it's not just about access. Access is important, but it's also about giving people a different way of building a long-term relationship with someone they trust. If uh, to our audience, if you're just joining this episode, 
I'm Jim Tate, and today on the Tate Chronicles, I'm speaking with Klaus Jensen of Teladoc, and our topic is leveraging data science and virtual platforms to create the next generation of healthcare. You know, Klaus, one of the things that um, I've seen in healthcare over time is where there is reimbursement, uh, development and adoption takes place. And so during the uh, uh, COVID health emergency declaration by the federal government, remote care uh, was uh, funded or reimbursed certainly for for Medicare and by many other third-party insurers at the same level as an in-person visit. I don't know if that has changed yet, but uh, the the whole domain, whether you're a provider or a patient or administrator, has has seen the value um, of of that care. I, I wonder... If that level of uh, you know a value is seen for uh, remote patient you know monitoring, do you, do you have any insight into that yet? I think it's an evolving space. Tate, you know, who yeah. might speculate on on where the legislation is going to go. You know, from our perspective, there is a robust body of evidence that demonstrates that the hybrid kinds of models we're talking about. Uh, where you can merge remote patient monitoring with physician oversight. Yes. Or a wraparound experience that isn't just about a visit in a physician's office from time to time, but but it's actually something that's present, ambient in your environment, is, is with you every day. Those are powerful programs. Uh, we know that they deliver improved clinical outcomes. Uh, there's a mounting body of evidence that they also deliver lower healthcare costs as a whole. Uh, this is something you have to measure over time because uh, you think about chronic conditions they evolve over time. And if you can eliminate progression of disease so that, you know, people are not getting worse, right? That's a powerful lever uh, for reducing the overall healthcare costs. All of that to us documents that this is quite real. Uh, it is something we should do as society, but, you know, we can't speculate on, on what's going to happen from a, a regulatory perspective. You know, just uh, uh, what we do know, though, is if you, if you can take care of people's uh, healthcare needs, Outside of a hospital, the savings are immense. Or, exactly. or if they can just be discharged one day earlier, the savings are just immense. That may not be good for hospitals in the long, t- in long term, or, or, or maybe they can evolve to where they're much more involved in remote patient care as opposed to just inpatient care. But, uh, boy, if you can keep people, if you can shorten those hospital visits, stays, uh, th- that's just black and white now. That's just so exactly. well documented. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, earlier discharge, you can reduce the number of visits to the emergency department. Uh, you can overall keep people more healthy, w- which reduces medication. Look, there's, there's a range in these. But what, what's important in what you just said is that it's not about replacing the existing system. Right? It's about optimizing it, augmenting it, amplifying it, making it better. We very deliberately work with all of the other parts of the healthcare system exactly because the answer is not go off on the side and, and try to replace everything that exists. It's finding the right approach where we started right? to taking care of, of the needs of the whole person. And that requires sometimes specialized care. Other times it requires monitoring in your home. It's the combination of the two that matters. I, I know Teladoc is really a global uh company. And I'm just curious, are there uh, some countries where the adoption and and benefits of this whole patient virtual care is ahead of us, ahead of the U.S.? What do you see out there? 
I, I don't know that I can point to a, a single country or region uh, in th that is materially and significantly different in, in mm -hmm. terms of that journey. I think all countries are at different parts of the spectrum. Right? You find parts of the world that focus more on the traditional chronic conditions. You find other parts that focus more on, on mental health. You have yet other parts where just getting access to care from an yes. acute episodic perspective is super important because it's not there. Right? If you have large geographical distances and you have a, a sparse population of clinicians, it's hard to reach the entire population. I think what we're seeing is that the needs and dynamics of society are being reflected in different needs. We take pride in being able to put together solutions uh, that meet the needs of the population as opposed to having a one-size-fits-everything approach. Yeah, I, I can remember maybe 10 or 15 years ago, the, the, the very early stages of what seemed to be re remote care was for uh, uh, rural care, folks who were 7,500 miles away from nearest hospital, maybe 50 miles away from nearest doctor, uh, kiosk or cameras, or there was all kind of technology set up uh, just so people wouldn't have to drive 50 or 75 miles one way to do a short visit. So uh, to me, that, that's the earliest I can remember this. And to see the progress that's been made over the last 10 years really is phenomenal. You know, when the, when COVID hit, the technology for episodic virtual care was on the shelf. Everybody adopted it almost immediately because it was there. And the state of the uh, devices, uh, uh, blood pressure, uh, diabetic devices, those kind of things, are they at, you know, analog devices that have, that are converted to digital signals that can be interpreted or flagged? Is, are we ready for prime time now? Is that, is the technology at the point where the, the value is there to be scaled up? Uh, I think we have all of the pieces to put those kinds of solutions in place. But if you think about it, it's not a one-dimensional problem. And the way I tend to personally think about it uh, when I think about how to build these kinds of solutions is you got to put together five sciences. Mm -hmm. Clearly, you need clinical science because it has to be right from a clinical perspective. You need technology. We talked about that, right? That's the second science. You're not done. You need logistics. I mean, matching up the right resources, either from a device perspective or from a physician oversight perspective, nationally or globally, that's a logistical challenge. You really have to think carefully about how you do that at scale. It's not as easy as people think. The fourth one would be behavioral science. We, we talked about mm -hmm. the fact that healthcare is very personal, uh, that the notches matter for the outcome, right? that the insight you drive actually should be married with the desires of the individual. Uh, and then finally, there's data science that underpins everything else. But right? if you really want to make a difference, you need a whole person mindset and you need to put together all these five sciences to make a difference. Well, it, it's hard to believe, Klaus, but we're almost um, out of time. Um, I, I want to uh, mention to our listeners to find out more about the services provided by Teladoc. Two websites are teladoc.com, T-E-L-A-D-O-C.com, as well as teladochealth.com. And um, I believe that for those who are, are in the field and go to conferences, that Teldoc is going to be at the Vive conference in uh, March and at the big HIMSS conference in Chicago in, in April. I'm certainly going to be there. To our audience, thanks for joining me on this episode of the Take Chronicles. I offer a special salute to my guest today, Klaus Jensen of Teldoc Health. Klaus, thanks for coming aboard today. Thank you very much.
You can find more information on this show's program page at healthcarenowradio.com. Until we meet again, here's wishing you smooth sailing and safe harbors. Tape Chronicles transmission ending now.